Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC, Padres beat writer, Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune, joins me as always, or I join him, uh, I should probably say, you know. Uh, it's, your, it's, it's your world, Kevin. It's your world. I like to think of it that way, Jay. Um, about to head to Los Angeles, but we're stopping here to review a ugly homestand, probably, no, definitely, an uglier series against the Brewers. And we'll preview the Padres four games against the Dodgers before what they are sort of pointing to as like, oh, their summer vacation. Or like I imagine teachers of second graders uh, anticipating <laughs> the middle of June uh, is how the Padres are looking at Monday, their first off day in 17 days. It's like all they can talk about. Jay? Maybe they should talk about getting a key hit okay. instead, yeah. of, instead of how they're uh, going to spend their off day. Sorry, yeah, that's a cheap, uh, that's a also, cheap shot. But We also should talk about the – maybe the rash of, of UCL injuries, though to say that it's true, but then we would be talking about it because not only is Adrian Morahone now recovering two days into his recovery from Tommy John surgery, but we have a suspicion that perhaps Denelson Lamette could have to uh, have his season shut down uh, because uh, he left yesterday's game with forearm tightness. Forearm tightness being often code word for we're going to check out that UCL, UCL, and if it's torn, we're going to uh, do Tommy John. Now, that would be the second for Nelson. Jay, I've given you a potpourri, a menu, a smorgasbord. <laughs> Where do you want to start? Well, I mean, I, I think we should probably start with Lamette yeah. just because it's it's such a big factor, and we saw what happened in the – postseason last year when he wasn't part of it and you know obviously having Snell and Darvish and Musgrove changes changes that a little bit but I mean we saw just in two innings yesterday when Denelson Lamette he wasn't even at his sharpest but he still at times just looks like he's completely unhittable when the slider's going of course the slider is probably his greatest enemy at this point as well or uh, with his elbow who knows what's actually happening with him you know the Padre as you wrote the Padre said he had not had a single setback during any of his time pitching bullpens or in Arizona. Maybe it's different, you know, when you get into a game. Maybe it's different today. I don't know what the MRI will will show. I mean, I think we've both read enough to know that an MRI will show in almost any pitcher that there's, you know, sort of little tears of the ligament. And sometimes it's a matter of what you can pitch through. I can't imagine that, that Lamette is eager to have a second Tommy John. As you wrote back in November when, when Clevenger had his second, the track record of guys having their second is not great. Now, the doctor you talked to also said things could improve as, you know, this happens more. But I, I certainly get the sense Lamette does not want to do that. I mean, if he really did, he could have done it in this past offseason uh, instead of the uh, PRP therapy. So well, the uh, that's thing is, kind Jay- of my feeling. So where, I mean, where do you, you, you talk to more people about this than, than I do. I, I just think it was it was just kind of had to be disheartening for the Padres, obviously for their fans, front office, everybody to see this guy. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy's finally back. We've waited three weeks. We've done everything we could to to make him right. And he he pitches two innings and we see Craig Stammen throwing in the bullpen. And it's like, oh, you got to be kidding. So it was surreal. It was like, wait a yeah. minute, what what is happening? Almost like, did we miss something? Did did was this planned? And so <laughs> yeah. going back to last September, uh, October, from not just from the Padres, because I, you know I think we should probably address that there's there's not a lot of uh, 
both legitimate and and you know probably a little conspiracy uh, theorist. There's not a lot of trust in the Padres when it comes to injuries at this point because of many instances of things being minimized and then them turning into the worst case scenario. Some right. of that has to do with that. You know, the human body is the human body. And, and even though, you know, medicine is science, you know, stuff, stuff happens, right? Plus, it's up to individual players. But my understanding from multiple people inside the organization and out is that Denelson Lamette did not need Tommy John surgery. He, he, whatever, he caught it or whatever it was. That's how he termed it uh, soon enough. And that the course that he took was, was fine. This wasn't like, oh, let's just pitch and see. It was, mm-hmm. he does not need TJ. And if there had been a setback, we would have noticed. I mean, he pitched every time he was supposed to pitch. He pitched every bullpen when I was in Arizona. He right. pitched every batting practice and simulated game. He was, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, he pitched in games, uh, the alternate site in spring training, on a, you know, once he started on a regular basis. It seems there was no setback. So it's so bizarre. Now, someone suggested to me on Twitter, you know, maybe this was just the plan. And it was like, there's no way that was the plan. He had thrown, what was it, 70 pitches in his last start in Arizona. They were not going to start Nelson Lamette yesterday if the plan was to go 30 pitches and, yeah. and take him out. I mean, they obviously, they, the Lamette himself, the medical staff, obviously felt he was in a position where he could throw, I would think, at least 50, 60 pitches, uh, maybe even 70 yesterday. Depending on the stress, Depending, absolutely, right, all that, right. yes. Yeah. So uh, you'll notice later in the show as we get into maybe talking stats and I don't because I I won't be as, uh, you know, up to date as I should be uh, about the Dodgers or the Padres because I was on the phone with some doctors uh, who uh, were speaking on on background and they, you know, haven't obviously looked at Lamette. But I was talking to some guys who, by the way, have been MLB, uh, worked with MLB teams before. It's not, you know, these are guys experts in their field. And. I was asking them, you know, based on what uh, the research that we've done, the Padres have had an inordinate amount. It's not just that the Padres have had a lot. They've had a lot of uh, Tommy John surgeries in the past 13 months relative to the rest of Major League Baseball organizations. And we'll get into the numbers here. I'll write about it later today. It's called a tease, Jay. Um, But the answer is there is no reason for it that if – Every one of these pitchers, which they haven't, came up through the Padres organization. Now, a number of them have. Jacob Nix, Michelle Baez, Adrian Morajon, D. Nelson Lamette, if indeed he's going to have uh, mm-hmm. Tommy John again. Um, but Mike Clevenger came from outside of the organization and others. If everybody had come up through the Padres organization and the Padres were doing things drastically different, like drastically different mm-hmm. in how they handle their pitchers, how they teach their pitchers, what they do in between starts – then you could say, oh, wow, the Padres. But there is virtually no way to say this is something the Padres are doing wrong, Um, which doesn't mean they shouldn't look internally at what they're doing. But then the doctor said that would also be hard to figure out. You would almost need an epidemiologist, one of the doctors told me, (laughs) to figure out what is happening here. And I think we all learned how difficult an epidemiologist's job is to uh, figure things out over (laughs) the last 13 months, speaking of which. So anyway, no, I, Jay, it's uh, it's it's troubling for sure. Yeah, you know, that that's where we're at. It's San Diego sports. I mean, is that? It, it sounds so simple, and obviously that's not it. But it it just feels like you know one of those things where if something if if something's going to be screwy like that, and there's no explanation for it, and it's just going to happen that one team is going to have 
you know, whatever it might be. And I know if it's, let's say, twice as many Tommy John surgeries in the last year as another team, of course, that team would be a San Diego team. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I do think, I mean, I, I know people, people are always asking, asking us to, you know, take a look at the Padres. What are the Padres doing? And that's what, that's what you're doing. And then I know the response is going to be, oh yeah, sure. Well, that's just what they're saying and kind of thing. But, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think what you, you know, what we try to do and what you're doing is talking to experts, people who know this stuff better than any of us and find out what, what is going on here and is there a reason for it? And sometimes, like you said, sometimes there just isn't a reason. Um, and, and I think that's always hard for, for any of us to accept because we want to, we want to know why something's happening. And sometimes, like you said, it just happens and the human body's the human body. And, and, uh, that's kind of the way it is. So I'm, I'm really eager to see this, see this story later today and, and get it out there for people to see and, and sort of well. make up their own mind. Like we just said, Jay, it doesn't say anything. So, um, <laughs> so I think it just puts in perspective. Oh, great. So it's like all your other stories. So, the the so numbers are fascinating. I mean, right. it really is like, you know, wow, they have had a lot. We knew that, but this says, wow, this is incredible. All right. Uh, I want to touch one point you said about it, Jay, and this is not to minimize because Denelson Lamette makes your staff, you know, a lot better. Had this happened last year oh wait it did uh it would be devastating the Padres have you Darvish Blake Snell Joe Musgrove it's it's a lot less of a blow or you would think however it does chip away at your depth it does make you nervous every time someone else pitches you can't you know afford too many of these and meanwhile you wait for the offense to heat up I would be willing to wager uh, a significant amount if I had a significant amount that the Padres offense will be better than it is. The question is how much better and when. Uh, <laughs> right, right. It's bad, Jay. It's well, bad. It's funny, Kevin. We talked, it feels like just a day or so ago, but we talked Monday about this and the idea that would you rather have your offense creating opportunities and not cashing in or creating very few opportunities but cashing in on those? In the short term, obviously, you would want the ones where you cash in. But in the long term, you would think, again, think that the ideal is to keep creating opportunities and sooner or later they're going to turn into something. But then you watch an inning like the eighth inning yesterday. And I mean, that that that's just one. It's it's still just thinking about it. And I think I even texted you after that. <clears throat> if it was on any other day, that inning and then you combine it with Hosmer's at bat in the ninth, where, of course, he swung at ball four. But that those at bats, those four at bats, just sum up so much about where this team is right now that no, not one of those guys could even put the bat on the ball, especially Fam and Myers, who only needed to hit a fly ball to score a run, or you know hit a ground ball to probably to score a run, that sort of thing, and and they were un, they were incapable of doing that and driving in a, and driving in even one run at that point, and that's where you start to think, man, what what is going on? How could how could they be this bad? at delivering in a situation like that where all those guys and i know strikeouts are part of the game and and everything but they were part of yesterday they were certainly part of yesterday what was it 30 strikeouts in the uh in the game did did, did the padre pitchers strike out 18 is that what i read in your newsletter today they did 18 and then the padres stuck out 12 that's 30 between so them. the padres the brewers struck out 18 times and still won 
The Brewers have also had two games in which they've struck out 17 times, I believe. Because one of the times they played the Twins in the third game of the season, and they struck out 17 times, the Twins struck out 13. So the Brewers are a, are a woo! Right. Brewers can strike out with the best of them. Obviously. Um, Jay, great points because I believe Myers and Pham, well, one of them looked at a completely hittable pitch and the other one swung through a completely hittable pitch. As you mentioned, Hosmer swung at ball four. There, That is the story. Not so much the chasing. The chasing could be the story lately in these situations where maybe a guy like Hosmer, who has been very good at sort of passing the baton, at, at being patient, you know, is pressing perhaps. I mean, yeah. you know, here's a guy who's been really good in those situations. And he, and he look, it happens, right? Yeah. But uh, maybe a sign of pressing. Um, and then, he's also, I mean, he's facing Josh Hader as well. I yeah. mean, that it's, yes. I, Hosmer's not in, to me, Fam and Myers are the culprits yesterday more than anybody else i mean fam it's and again it really hurts not having access to the clubhouse and and you know you sometimes people say well what difference does it make that you can't get in the clubhouse well the difference is yesterday you can't ask tommy fam what were you thinking on that three two pitch that was right down the middle and you stood there and watched it you can't ask will myers what was happening in that situation you can't ask eric hosmer about his last at bat and so we're left just to come on here the next day and just sort of go, well, boy, I, I don't know what they were thinking. Or uh, uh, to, to, what did Manny Machado say about someone else's at bat? Right, what did Jason, the Padres, Tingler once yeah. again have to talk the, about it? Um, the Padres dictate in the, you know, more than ever before, the Padres dictate who talks and when. And it's, they have been, and I will say, getting hold Manny on. Machado to talk yesterday was a good thing. I mean, you want a guy like that to talk. And I also think it was, to me, that showed me something about Manny as well for all the negativity that surround, surrounded him when he got here is that that's a guy that stepped up and, and you know, Tony Gwynn was always one of those guys and Trevor Hoffman was always one of those guys, your team Phil leader, that, that, Phil Nepp, that stood there and answered questions. And there's something to be said for that. Yes. The problem is you don't get to ask everybody what you want to ask. And that was the, that manifested itself more yesterday than ever because you really want to ask Tommy Pham just what happened there? How do you miss that? How do you not swing at that pitch? I, I just want to real quick and I'll tread somewhat lightly here um, because you just, the Padres, the players are dictating it. Other teams on their Zoom calls after losses are having multiple players come on. We know because Jeff Sanders is on those for us. Uh-huh. And the Padres, players by and large after losses are not coming on zoom calls and be that a combination of many factors, whatever, Mm -hmm. but you're correct. Kudos to Manny yesterday for, you know, highly frustrated to, to come on there and, and as one of the leaders uh, talk about it. And, uh, you know, obviously Craig Stammen, who would come on every day, if you asked him uh, (laughs) as another one of the leaders uh, spoke, Mm -hmm. spoke as well. Um, so, so no, that was great. And you're right. And, and, and it's something I try not to talk about because it's really not the fans problem, but no matter how many texts I do, no matter how many calls I make, no matter whatever I do, you cannot replace the clubhouse access before and after games to be able to go up and ask the difficult questions. There are certain things you, you, you ask in zooms. You only have so many questions. You have to make sure you get answers to the things that you're going to need. Um, yeah, it's it's it can be real brutal. I, I don't I don't like to think about it because it's very frustrating, and I uh, don't like to talk about it because hey, uh, uh, the the fans uh, and and the, whatever the viewers, the, the listeners, the readers, uh, 
they they don't care and they shouldn't. So, um, but well, anyway. and I and I and I know, and it was just something that struck me as we were talking about that. And and the the only reason I think fans should care is not telling people what they should think. But <laughs> I, you know, I think you know what I mean about that is that that is a situation where I, I think there are, there are segment of fans that that want to be. Um, that want to know what's happening and want to know what people are thinking. Yep. And I think I'm just just trying yes. to explain why this year and last year was also like this, why it's so much different now, and yep. why when you hear reporters talk about losing access, why it's important. And it's important, it's important all the time, but it's especially important on a day like yesterday yes. where you really want to try to ask the questions of the guys who – and the same thing would be true if, you know, four guys had gotten big hits, you wouldn't be able to talk to all four of them right. either. You'd probably talk to one or two. So it's, it's, it's just something that's, that's frustrating to not be able to, uh, to be able to do it at this point. And the, I, you know, the, the runners in scoring position thing is uh, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to figure. I mean, yeah, they're facing good pitchers, but you know, the other team's opponents are facing pretty good pitchers too. And they're finding a way to score, runs here and there and for the most part the you know the Padres have not been good uh at doing that and certainly not in uh since you know sort of the first weekend uh of the season the first three games I guess uh of the season the other thing and I knew it was bad Jay but I didn't realize it was this bad since the first three games of the season so the first three games of the season they led the league in slugging okay it's a three-game sample but it was like whatever it was, four home runs, seven doubles, two triples. I mean, this was the Padres, right? Oh, hey, yeah. Well, since then, they have the lowest slugging percentage in, in the majors. That, that, shocked me when, that shocked me when I saw that. It was like, yeah, I guess they haven't hit a lot of home runs, have they? And, and you start so thinking about it. So it's a scoring position, but you're also not getting the good pop. And that brings us to, you know, the Dodgers since Saturday have been hitting 109, I think is the number that I, I looked up yesterday. They, yes. You know, maybe that Friday just destroyed these teams, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Padres are at least like at 179 or something like that. But uh, guess what? The the Dodgers won two of the three games they've played since. And, uh, or I'm sorry, three of the four games they've no, Sorry. No, two up. of the four, both. They took Saturday. one of two in San Diego at uh, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, and they took one of two in Seattle. In Seattle, they got seven hits and scored four runs, but they split. You know, um, yeah. they the that's something that, you know. The Dodgers last year, the Padres were better in a lot of offensive categories. The Dodgers didn't have you know four guys with like thirteen plus home runs. They had a bunch of guys with 10 and 11 who got them in big moments. Right. Uh, that's what right. the Dodgers uh, do pretty well. And and it's not a fluke. It's not like just this season. That's what the Dodgers have been doing and why they've won eight National League West titles and they're the defending World Series champions. So it's a little bit of everything. I, I can't imagine. And Manny Machado uh, agreed uh, that this was the case and, and, and Jay Stingler uh, acknowledged it that I can't imagine these guys aren't pressing in certain situations. And that goes counter to what they've done so well since Jay Stingler arrived, uh, which was to just do what you can do with the plate. And in right. those situations, they're getting outside the box a little bit. So look, well, I, I don't know. It, it, it can't possibly go on like this. The question to me is, how much better are they than this? We know they're better than this. This offense will not yeah. get like this all year. But 
I think doubt. Am I wrong? Is it too early for doubt to creep in about like how good they're going to be? No, I, I I don't think so. And I, I was thinking the one thing I was thinking about though is that last year I think they were eleven and twelve. Um, yes. After that five game losing streak and the the sky was falling and then the the slams started coming and everything turned around and I think they they went like twenty six and eleven the rest of uh, the rest of the year. You know that was. That was still early. It was still early at 11 and 12 was kind of like, yeah, okay. It's still a little early, but boy, they better get going because it's a 60 game season right now. They're 10 and 10. There's still 142 games left to be played. You know, the whole national league, I, the giants right now are the second, they would be the first wild card at 11 and seven. And it seems like the rest of the league is all the same. The Padres are 10 and 10. The Phillies are nine and nine. The Marlins are eight and nine. The Braves are eight and 10. The Nationals are seven and nine. The Reds are nine and eight. The Cubs are eight and nine. The Pirates and the Cardinals are both eight and 10. The Padres aren't like dead and buried at this point. Um, as bad as things look right now, um, everybody in the National League, just about, except for the Dodgers who are in a league of their own, um, are sort of in the same position and and I I also realize and it's one of those things and and it's so early all you have to do is think about and I I found these teams they all happen to be in the American League which I thought was odd the Oakland A's were 0 and 6 they were 1 and 7 now they're 12 and 7 um the Astros were 4 and 0 they were 6 and 1 now they're 7 and 10 the Red Sox were 0 and 3 and people were throwing dirt on them that first weekend they won the next 9 games uh, the the twins who everybody thinks runaway favorites in that division they were five and two they've lost nine of ten now they're six and eleven I just think it's it's I know it's frustrating for for fans to watch it's frustrating for the Padres it's frustrating for all of us and it's so hard to think oh it's still early but it's really early uh, the concerning part obviously is what they're not doing but again it's twenty games it's twelve percent of the season. And as you said, it just doesn't seem like it could go like it could go on forever. And if it does, then it just means that either players did a lot of underperforming or the front office did a lot of misevaluations on, uh, you know, well, on players. And there's also and, I, and one more thing before I forget it is I also think they're in this rut right now where and, and look, you make your own breaks, but they had two straight games. Where Tom Hallion is just Tom Hallion. And, you know, there was a check swing call during the paddock start on Tuesday where it was probably a 50 50, maybe 60 40. I thought he swung. Um, and Hallion said he didn't swing. And then and the next two pitches were hit at about 600 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, the, the Brewers had five runs and the game was over. Although it didn't look like the Padres were ever going to score in that game. Uh, anyway, yesterday, Hallian's behind the plate. And remember, Hallian's the guy on Sunday who couldn't see that Tatis was standing on third base when he was. And then on yesterday, he blows a strike three call that would have ended the inning. I think it would have ended the or would have ended that at bat, at least. Yes. And the next pitch is hit for a home run. And then with two outs, when the inning also would have been over, you know, they got another home run. So it's it's just those things where, like, you, and look, there's bad calls all the time. But it's like right now it feels like the, the Padres must feel like they get one bad call and it snowballs into 
it's it's not to blame the umpires for this because the Padres are still throwing the pitches, but that just shows how small the margin of error is in this game and for this for this team right now. And one little thing goes wrong, and all of a sudden it's like, boy, there's the ball game. And when it's this, when it other things aren't going well, and maybe you're not at your best, man, it can pile on. It can pile on, and then that's you know, it's a good point about about what's happening right now. I. <laughs> the uh this series coming up the dodgers kevin this series coming up uh <laughs> ryan weathers so we'll see a bullpen move today could be uh if if a naval chris matt can lift his arm uh yet after the five innings he threw in uh pittsburgh uh could see him today and that's not to say look ryan weathers threw 79 pitches i believe it was um could have got through four uh, full innings, scoreless innings, right. by the way, against the Dodgers in his first ever start in the major leagues. And I'm not predicting that he's not going seven tonight, but they're probably going to need the bullpen a little bit. Okay. He's, and then you'll have three more games to go. I'm I'll sorry. predict it. He's, I'll predict it. He's not going seven tonight. Uh, you'll have three more games to go. Darvish <laughs> against Kershaw again. Uh, or uh, you have uh, Snell against Bauer again. And then we believe that we're seeing Julio Urias against, uh, we know Joe Musgrove on Sunday. Wow. Wow. This is going to be fun again. It, it will be. And, and uh, you know, Urias, he, Urias might be the Dodgers' best pitcher. I mean, it seems crazy to say, but every time I watch that guy pitch, he's lights out. Of course, if they didn't throw Urias, they would throw Dustin May, who's pretty, <laughs> who's pretty good also. But that's what comes with facing uh, the Dodgers. But look, the Padres are, you know, they're putting out some pretty good pitchers themselves. And so it's going to come down again to, you know, finding ways to score runs, finding a way to get a key hit, finding a way just to just to get a ground ball when you need it, strikeout uh, of a Dodger when you need it. And uh, but that's what makes that's what last why last weekend was so much fun, because all the games were were like that, where it was one play here, play there. And there was just so much there was so much excitement and I I'm curious what the atmosphere, you know, when you get up there today, what the atmosphere is like, I think they're letting what about 18,000 people in, I think something. Uh, I believe it's whatever they have been. I don't think they've upped it, but they, yeah. you know, they were allowed to have more in, in the, in the first homestand. So, and, and I'm sure they'll have their sound system cranked to, I won't even say 11. It'll be like 140. Uh, I do think they've done they've done the remodeling, and I think maybe that yep. was one of the things. So we'll see. Okay, um, we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting because you know what? That's a pretty cavernous place. Yeah. So that's the you know part of the reason that it's so loud is you have fifty thousand people there. Uh, well, as as we know happens, the larger the stadium, fewer the people. Sometimes that makes it sound less. I'm not saying that's mm -hmm. what's going to happen at Dodger Stadium, but I'm interested. Right. Because it's obviously the largest by far in in the major leagues. So mm -hmm. um, anyway, going to be uh, I I would be hesitant because we talked about this after that series uh, exceeded expectations as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I would be hesitant to say this is going to be a great series. But after uh, last week, I'm thinking unless these both these two teams are just tuck too tuckered out from the first time they met. <laughs> um, but uh, time to man up because this is what my understanding is that you know Red Sox Yankees was for for mm -hmm. so many years that like when they played each other, it just had that intensity and certainly seemed like it. And I thought it was interesting. It's one thing for the Padres to say that, right? But the the Dodgers players were saying that and they've yeah. been in those types of games. So I thought that was really interesting. And, and 
it just confirmed what we all saw with our eyes that it was a heck of a series and that everybody was uh, super into it. And hey, there's a uh, some really interesting things going on with this team. I'm I'm fascinated. This is my favorite part of, uh, of being a beat writer is what's going to happen. What, what's going to be the story four days from now? Mm-hmm. Will the Padres have split? Um, will they've lost the first two and won the last two? Uh, you know, will they've lost all four? What if they go and sweet? I just, I'm in, in it, it. Wow. What's going to be my next off day story. And, and with this team right now, there's just no way to tell. <laughs> right. Right. No. And it, I mean, you know, look, it's all, it's, it's all, everything's magnified this year because the expectations are, are so high, but that, you know, that's the fun, the fun part of it. And I think that's why we're sports fans. I mean, if you knew what was going to happen, it you know to me it wouldn't be very interesting it's one reason i i can't stand pro wrestling because it's that's not sports that's that's like that's like enter that's just that's just scripted stuff you know that's not sports so this is sports and and this is this is why we watch and uh I'm, i'm looking forward to to this weekend and we'll we'll talk about it again i guess on tuesday uh you'll be over in phoenix and we yeah. will uh, we will talk to you from uh, from Phoenix. So it's already hundred degrees there. I, I I can't wait. No, I think it's supposed to be. I think you're getting you're going to be there for a couple of good days. Really? To, I, that when I looked yesterday, it looked like hey. like seventies and eighties, and then it was going to oh, be in the nineties yeah. the nineties after you left. It's not back to ninety nine until uh, Friday. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Oh my you goodness! Go. What a break. Tuesday is like a it's a Chamber of Commerce day there. Oh. Ooh roof open how can you beat that i rescind now i will give you i will now give you a sincere i'm really looking forward to it (laughs) uh talk to you guys later thanks for joining us